Welcome back to episode 16 of the main, 17. 17 of the main podcast. I think so, yeah. Uh, it's this. madness. They've just been flying it, really. Yeah. They've been going great. Yeah. Great. They've been flying along. Yeah. Feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Much to our surprise. Yeah. No. Bad feedback ain't bad either. Got none of that yet, though. No. If you have any ideas, send them our Keep way. Keep it yourself. <laughs> What we're going to talk about today is the importance of going slowly with your training. So everybody wants to make PBs and everybody wants to make PBs fast. But that's not realistic. And that's not really the way of having a long career in sport and a long period of success in sport probably is, which is more important. Yeah, because they fit into each other. Yeah, 100%. So if you're coming in with the idea of... uh if you're going to a coach with the idea of, oh, I'm only going to train here for three months and hit X number, X number, X number on three lifts, and then you're going to go away and do something on your own. That's fine in one way. If you understand that this is not a long-term track to success, but if you want to be involved in a sport of weightlifting, powerlifting, or just generally getting stronger for any kind of long period, that's not really the way you should be thinking about it. Is it, Garf? The only people who should be thinking in little, little short few weeks, like 10, 12 weeks, is yeah. real athletes. Yeah, so if you have an <coughs> off-season, that's a set period of time, like two months, three months, then you can think like that. If you're involved in strength sports, that is... Probably one of the most maladaptive attitudes you can have. So for like, for everyone, bar those real athletes, <laughs> everyone has to think about going as slowly as possible. Yeah. So like, if you're a weightlifter, powerlifter, crossfitter, of yeah. any age. So they're they're the big three, and then we have the real athletes over here. So most of the real athletes, because the gym work is an accessory, and you only have a short period of time. Yeah. You can be fairly aggressive. Definitely, and you can have that kind of, uh, that almost self-destructive attitude of like, going to do whatever it takes for these three months. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, at the end of the three months, you'll have achieved whatever goals you need, and then you're leaving that arena, or you're you're definitely leaving that intensity in that arena. For people who are going to the gym to get stronger, mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. Or even like, say, CrossFit performance. Yeah. You would you would think it feels like the harder you go, the harder you progress. And it's probably the opposite. That's the problem. Is it is the opposite? Yeah, there is like a Goldilocks effect. One is too slow. Yeah. Realistically, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not going too slow with your training. Nobody goes too slow. No, I don't know anyone. Um, I literally don't know anyone who's well. Most of the yeah. You'll know if you're being a bitch, I suppose, is the yeah. caveat there. Like, you'll know if you're not training hard enough, you're not being consistent enough. And there are probably times where you're going too slow, in inverted commas, but it could be after a huge block mm -hmm. or really, really high volume training period and it's two or three weeks, you're going too slow mm -hmm. and maybe not pushing yourself that much, but that might just be a psychological reset you need for yourself. Yeah, like they're almost, for everyone bar a few people you just cannot go too slow if you feel like you want the going faster you want you want the going faster you want the going faster it means you are going probably slow enough or you can maybe go slower yeah whereas if you feel if you you know if you feel like jeez I'm really pushing it hard it means you're probably just being a bitch yeah and look it should feel like in some stage it should feel like that you're not going fast enough yeah because it, it's very counterintuitive to be like well if I push really hard I'll make faster gains but unfortunately it doesn't work like that because even if you don't get injured like even if if you're lucky enough let's say you push like an absolute maniac and you don't get injured you just counterintuitively again you won't make the same progress and it's kind of because if you think about it in a way it's you go mental for like let's say you think about it in kind of a terms of okay gonna imagine an elaborate analogy here okay yeah I have a nice one built up in my head as well 
So let's say you have, uh, do you know the children's toy blocks, right? Oh, I was thinking about Lego. What were you thinking about Lego? Holy shit. So yeah. I think about children's toy blocks, right? So you have those. We you know spend those? far too much time talking to each other. <laughs> Do you know these, you know those wooden blocks, right? Yeah. Okay, let's say at the start of every day, right, you have a, a pile of those blocks, right? Yeah. These are resources. Yeah. These are your recoverability, let's say. Yeah. New word there. Um, <laughs> and the more you train, the more of these blocks you use, right? Yeah. And at the end of every day, you get some, some blocks back. Yeah. So some days you might get a little bit more blocks back. Yeah. Some days you might get no blocks back. Some mm-hmm. days you might train and then you might do the wrong things. You might lose some more blocks even. Yeah. And so a certain number of blocks add up to a new PB. So at every day you're trying to build a tower. Yeah. Okay. I got it. So you see this pile of blocks in your head. Yeah. And you see these towers, right? And so, of course, heavier weights require more blocks to build. Yeah. Okay. It's so there. It's in my head. You've seen this, right? Yeah. So let's say we want to squat 200 kilos, right? Yes. And that needs 10 blocks. Okay. But you only get 0.3 blocks back every day. Okay. So do you think over the course of a month, or let's say over the course of a day, yeah, we should just build all those 10 blocks straight away? <laughs> no. So why no, though? What do you think? If we use all our blocks right, we're only getting 0.3 blocks back. What's going to happen after a couple of weeks? Uh, you're going to have no blocks. No blocks? Yeah. And what happens if you keep going when you have no blocks? You have no tower ever. Ever. You just can't build towers? No. You've actually, like, that's kind of what training is. That's a very simplified way of looking at it. Yeah. But if you say, let's say you have, say, let's say you're at 170 now, right? Yeah. And you want to get to 190 kilos back squat. And let's say to get to 190, you have to do at least 100 reps at 150 kilos or more. Right. Over the course of uh, of a month, right? So, like, realistically, you you can't go too slowly. No. So, like, if you you need to do 100 reps, right, let's say 150 or to 170 above. Right. Do you think you should do 10 by 10 in one session? No. Why not? Because I think we'd use too many blocks. I think you do too many blocks. Yeah. Do you think you should do set of 10 every day for 10 days? No. No. Why not? Because one set of ten probably isn't optimal. No. <laughs> but what if we took it over eight weeks, right? Yeah, I'm listening. And we did... You've piqued my interest. Maybe we did a few sets of three every day for three or four times a week. Oh. Or even twice a week. Yeah. I went very slowly. Yeah, yeah. For a few weeks on end. You've intrigued me. So every day, right, you're building your tower a little bit higher. Yeah. And you're getting your blocks back in every day. Yeah. But you're being really smart with your with your blocks coming back. Incredibly smart. So you're getting your nutrition right, and you're sleeping as much as humanly possible. Yeah. So you're sleeping fuck loads. You're being frugal with your blocks. So frugal with your blocks. Yeah. You're literally, you get point two back every day, yeah. and you're only spending point two blocks every training session. Yeah. Now there's things you can do to get way more training blocks back every day, but for most people listening, that's not applicable. AKA the juice. That juice. That's what juice does, basically. just makes you recover faster. But you can do, like, so things like, you know, taking some supplements might get you 2.1. Yeah. Or 0.21. Or optimizing your sleep. Yeah. Might get you 0.3. Yeah. But every day, the amount of blocks you get back changes. So if you get (laughs) shit sleep for a few days, you might get less back, okay? So the longer you train as well, you'll build up an ability to get more blocks back. Right. But your weights are much higher, so the <laughs> tower gets even higher, so you need more blocks. So you see yeah. how this is going? Yeah. So I think people can people get the idea? <laughs> oh, it's really nice, succinct, <laughs> well, well put together analogy. I've been but it does, it does work so, so well, right? And you just need to think about... This is an incredibly long process. Yeah. You've and I ye- think you've years to build these fucking towers. Like literally you could have 15 years to build these towers. Yeah. And like where people tend to get caught up is right. They'll think we talked about this at, the, at our last seminar. We did the goal setting talk mm-hmm. where like people think one goal ahead because mm-hmm. at the moment they're thinking I've got to snatch 100 kilos. I've got to snatch 100 kilos. That's yep. the only thing that matters. And it becomes so maladaptive because all they're fucking thinking about is just getting to 100. Yeah. Just getting to 100. And when it's they're like, at 60. Yeah. And it's like 100 by any means necessary. 
So they don't think about 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100. And every single person is guilty of this. Every, literally every Everybody. person who's ever trained is guilty. Yeah. I've Literally, it's only this year that I've started actually paying attention. Um, but... Um, so what you need to do is start thinking multiple goals down the road. Yeah. That starts off by setting more achievable goals now. So we're slowly achieving goals yeah. rather than it being this two-year road of ups and downs and injuries and recoveries. Yeah. And then hit just hitting one goal, just think about it like, what am I going to achieve in the next three months? Slowly move towards that. And then you're just gradually climbing up that hill. Because let's say... Go back to the tower thing again. Let's say you do build that fast. Let's say you do. Yeah. Let's say over the six, like the two, three weeks, you do get there, right? If you have, so you've you've hit that goal, that short term goal, right? But you've actually kind of fucked yourself up for the longer ones, right? Yeah. So if you instead of taking two weeks, you take in ten weeks, right? You, you will hit your. Let's say you do hit your goal, right? But if you take a much longer time, you're going to develop a lot more efficiency at doing things. So for future goals. So let's say over the course of the year that you get much more efficient technique, you get better um, holding volume, holding some muscle mass, recovering from training. So let's say over the two weeks you do hit your goal, but over yeah. the course of the year you actually hit less. So if you'd been more patient over 12 months, you might have added 15 kilos to your snatch instead of five kilos over two weeks and then hit nothing for six months. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to be like So what are some of the dangers yeah. of going too fast? Injury, of course, is the first one. Yeah. Stagnation of your yeah of your ability to progress. Mentally, it's very tough too because, like, if you you, you build up some big thing in training as well as building up momentum. Yeah. So momentum starts off like really slowly and it keeps building slowly. So like Dara was saying, if you stagnate, so let's say you're doing some kind of let's say for a weightlifter, you're doing um some kind of snatch complex, and your coach is like, okay, so to do a hundred, I think you need to. You need to do like 90 for one snatch and one hang snatch. Yeah. So let's say you you can just about do, let's say you can do 70 or 80 fairly comfortably. If you go 72, 75, 77, 79, 82 and slowly build up, you're going to have this like kind of magic momentum pushing you. This yeah. is, you're riding this crest of the wave all the way to 90 or more because you're getting much better at this snatch and hang snatch. And so 90 isn't actually the goal. 90 is irrelevant. Doing 90 isn't the point. But doing all the numbers in between is the real yeah. point of this exercise. And it's learning that process yeah. of just incrementally getting better. Yeah. And it's it's also like a psychological thing of you're going into a session that you've done the week before, mm -hmm. that you understand how it works, you yeah. understand how it feels when you're warming up. Yeah. And there's definitely huge discrepancies in feelings over certain certain movements at certain stages of the training cycle where... Yeah. Jesus, 60% might feel horrendous. Mm -hmm. And it's only after you've done three sets at 60% and you go beyond that that you start to actually feel like you're firing. Yeah, sometimes, like let's say, like Dara saying there, let's say it's the 90 kilo hang snatch, snatch, hang snatch. 70 the first week might be terrible and you're like, fuck. And then 72 next week feels a lot better. Yeah. And then 76 feels better and 70 did again because you're getting more practice at it. Like, so yeah. it's still practice. So you're like, if your coach is this, like he, if he's a good coach, he'll know you doing, you might be able to do 90 snatch, hang snatch now. Yeah, but he'll he should he'll know it's irrelevant doing ninety, but he'll know that that process to get into ninety is it's a the real, most important thing. Yeah, I think another thing that that really holds people back is right. It's like big Saturday, everybody's at the gym, or it's like Thursday night. And you really want to hit this before you have to go home or whatever. You, you go visit your buddies in a new gym. Yeah, and you're like, and it's so it's like, um, say you want you're at ninety and you want to do a hundred, and this could be for a squat, right? You doing 92 and a half yep. and holding 95 and holding 97 and a half and holding 100 means you've achieved four PVs over the course of a month yep. instead of one PV blowing yep. out your fucking ass mm -hmm. and then having to try and go and reevaluate and go again. Like let's say you go to the gym with your friends and you've traveled like an hour and a half to go to this new cool gym that's opened yeah. up or you're visiting your friend and today you're supposed to let's say you're doing the squats like I was saying you're doing you have to do your 100 as your goal or 200 or whatever and you have to do 93 by 3 but you're like fuck the lads are here and I'm watching now and I feel really good yeah and so you know you know in your heart of hearts that the right thing to do is do your 3 by 3 at 90 
and then stop. But yeah. you're like, I could do three, just one set of three at 93. And you do that. And that's great. All the lads are happy. You're delighted. You're fucking so pumped. Yeah. You haven't done your adequate volume. You've gone heavier than you're supposed to. And then what happens next week? So next week, you haven't actually done enough training whereby you've created an ad- adaptation. So you fit a PB in front yeah. of us. But you've also hit a level of stimulus where you've now been over fatigued. Yeah, it's not adequate. So, no. yeah, so, you're so over- you haven't done enough work yeah. to induce an adaptation because there hasn't been enough volume there. Yeah. But you've gone to a level of in- intensity yeah. that you literally cannot recover from fast enough. Exactly. And on top of those two things, when you get to next week, let's say you're supposed to do the 3x3 three three at 95 or 2x2 two two at 95 then, you won't be able to hit it. No. And mentally, on top of not having had the physical uh, parameters to increase, you've also mentally now, you're going to be like, fuck, I'm after fucking up my goal. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, you won't think, oh, it was a 93 last week. You'll just think, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Oh, fucked up. Or you're like, oh, what do I do from here? So you get yourself yeah. into a real rut. Whereas if... You imagine a different scenario, a different timeline now, where you gone to the gym with your friends, you did your 3 by 2 at 90 or 3 by 3 at 90, and then next week you're supposed to do 2 by one at 95 and you smash it. And then the week after you get 100, you've after changing two weeks of training there yeah. into optimal progress. You've learned how to be patient. You've learned that you can control yourself. And if you are really patient, you can hit your goals rather than blowing your load on one set and then fucking up weeks of training. Yeah. But and again, it, like, it goes back to last week's podcast we talk about outcome versus process you really just need to if you're going doing a strength sport or spending a lot of your time in a gym or in a performance setting you need to be process driven Joe you need to enjoy the process of minute changes and adaptation over long periods of time it's not like it's not three weeks try really hard yeah go to a camp or go to a big day and, and hit the biggest numbers possible. Look, that works, right? There's people who do that every day of the week. We know everyone it, knows something it, like that. Yeah, but it's it's not sustainable. You think it'd be <laughs> one of our friends. So we all know that person who does that. They're like they have talent. You know they have talent and you see them and they come back training for s- three months and they smash it and they get really close to their OPBs and then they almost PB and then you don't see them again for like, you see them the odd time for like a year and a half and then come back again and they almost get to their PBs. You know those people are perpetual yeah. cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone knows someone like that. And that's like, be the better athlete mm-hmm. is the saying we're using a lot lately and and part of being the better athlete is just understanding that these are long-term, yeah. long-term things. It's a war of attrition. Yeah, 100%. And if you keep chipping away, you'll be the last person standing eventually. Yeah. Unless you made a dog shit. <laughs> But it is like uh, Jason Kalipa, the crossfitter. Mm-hmm. I think he won in 08. He's like, he wants to be known as the guy who came hard but came for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, I don't want to just be known as that guy who came hard. It's like, I want to come hard and come for a long time. <laughs> but like, it's true. And like, he's been to the games. He's right up there. Like, he's been there probably seven or eight times. Unbelievably successful athlete. Jacked. Jacked. Annie's third daughter is probably a better example because yeah. she's still going. Yeah. And she was at all the games. He was at most of them, I think. And she's, had, she's gone through severe injury. Yeah. Like, had a, did she have a disc fusion in her back? She definitely had back surgery. She definitely had back issues, I think. Um, yeah. And has come back. Yeah. And has come back to a very, very high level. And it's looking like she might be in the mix this year again because I think the last year she wasn't so. It didn't look like she was going to be making number one again yeah but I think um, from what I see or vaguely hear is that it might be something from the san- sanctional stuff oh really that she's in a mix maybe I don't know yeah, if she yeah, can win yeah. now but it's yeah. uh, it's, fu- it's funny with um, female crossfitting is almost more interesting than the male crossfitter so very few sports are like that do you know like it's not it's not an opinion of mine it's just the way things seem to be yeah the definitely the female crossfit is more interesting to watch because the mix of Talent at the top is there's like five or six people at the top who really yeah who are incredibly close to one another. Whereas everyone's kind of waiting for Matt Fraser just to yeah Matt Fraser has run away with it. I don't really follow CrossFit. I kind of dip my toe in the water every so often and yeah go look at some leaderboards and stuff. But but that is like CrossFitters are a great example of the best way to do it. Yeah, and then yeah some of them are a great example of the worst way to do it. 
like say if you're a crossfitter and you're not so think about this in terms of not just strength training but let's say you're talking about your rowing and you you're trying to increase your capacity to row and you're like let's say you need to get up to like 30 strokes per minute for I don't know however long a distance yeah. or something like that and you're doing at the moment you're like 20 you like you know well you may not know but you've probably an intuition that you should go 20 strokes one week 21 strokes the next week or something to that effect you know yeah 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 you don't go I'll just go straight to 30 now and hold it for long as I can then next week I'll try to hold it for longer yeah or like trying to do a 2k time with a certain 500 meter split yeah you know like if you want to be doing that at 132 or whatever you want to be doing you know in your head when you start pulling on that rowing machine for the first 500 mm-hmm. you and like you try and get it down and you're at like two minutes at the moment and you, you'll get it to 132 Yeah, but it won't like it'll be above two minutes on the second 500 it'll be above 220 on the third 500 yeah do you know it's, it's so common sense but yet we just seem to neglect it in our training yeah it's it, it's just so hard to hold yourself back yeah I totally understand this like I really I'm as, as guilty as anybody here like listening but, yeah and then like we have this in our own training dynamic yeah when we'll go and we'll be with Clarence or we'll be wherever we are and it's like or you are you gonna gonna max that jeez that looks great you should go a bit heavier yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, and like thank god we have the dynamic between us where it's like what do you think no I don't think or else if there's like if it's been a good few weeks building up yeah it's like, like, yeah, go, yeah for go for it Clarence is the devil he's always going for it Clarence will he's go for it all the time but he's answers everyone else is always go for it as well yeah why don't you just try it again fuck off fuck off <laughs> so like in any any performance really so let's if you're talking about the real athletes again so maybe in the gym you can be a little bit more ambitious because yeah. in the grand scheme of things the weights you're lifting and the time you're spending over the course of the year isn't the same as people who are full-time strength training. So when, when they go for it, it's kind of working out the same in some ways, but yeah. you're still making nice progress, but it's irrelevant to you. But if you're doing your sports-specific training, like you're doing your sprints on the off-season or you're doing your your specific skill practice or whatever, you still have to follow those same patterns of here a thrower or a shot putter or something. Yeah. Like, a, I'm not too au fait with how shot putters train their shot putts. <laughs> But I'd imagine they're not throwing for maximal distance every single day with the exact, I doubt it. With the exact same weighted ball. Yeah, yeah. They're probably using heavier balls, lighter balls. They might not even be doing throwing for a few weeks, you know. Yeah. They might be just trying to build up the real delts and do their fucking build side plank or side or oblique strength yeah. or something like that, you know. And I'm sure like like for example we saw a, a uh, hammer thrower. A hammer thrower. World class. So he'd won the Asian games last year. And he'd won I think he'd won the Asian juniors. In throwing, and he was going to do the, the what's the Super League? I think when we met him in Qatar. Yeah, it's it's like their equivalent of the Diamond League. So it's like the top ten tr- tr- uh, hammer throwers in the world, or something. Yeah, and he was in a fairly good chance of winning, I think. Yeah, but his training was um, super incremental. Yeah, it seemed like super a, incremental. Like he he showed us a video of uh, him doing box squats with three hundred eighty five kilo. But that day he was just doing just doing two hundred seventy five kilo for a yeah. set of three, really really simple, so simple. And like he was talking about that, the importance of going slowly, yeah, the importance of understanding different times yeah. when to go hard, when not to go hard. He said he changed to um, Miso's father. I was helping him in the gym because they'd known each other for a long time, and he said he just feels great because he Miso's father really really they of all people really reinforced recently for yeah. us I think the importance of going super slowly and being really patient and taking it in the day for less weights that day for bigger weights yeah. a year down the line you know they understand that Yeah, he said like he changed um, uh, Ibrahim like six weeks in the last six to eight weeks and he said he felt immensely better than ever he's never yeah. felt so good because Ibrahim really 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 understands the like they like we were saying in the review of Qatarship or whatever like that one day Misa was supposed to do 150 kilo snatches or something and he got to 110 and they were just like no he's too tired to yeah. no point and like Miso could have made those that day but they knew that, that the next week of training would be fucked up and mentally Miso would feel like shit and yeah. potentially physically make the damage to his system a lot worse you know yeah. whereas they didn't they knew and they knew and a big thing with two right is if you think let's say you, you go to do your session right and in your head you have 
let's say you're you're doing you want to do a clean hand clean and for that day it's supposed to be and you're supposed to go heavy this day and you're supposed to do 120 or you thought you wanted to do 120 and you don't do it it can feel it can feel like you're not training hard enough you feel like you're being a bitch yeah. and you're like oh this is going to really affect my training and really slow down yeah but what you have to realize is it just won't it will slow you down much more let's say you could have made it right but it's, it fucked you up so much. It w- that would actually have slowed you down more than yeah. being like, no, I'm just going to stop at 100 and I'm just going to leave it. Come back to it in three weeks. And I think it's very important to give yourself the permission to just let it go. 100%. To, it's really, really important because it's something I struggle with too. Yeah. Very often. It's just give yourself the permission to be like, nope, I'm not doing that today. It's too heavy. Or like, this is very specific to weightlifters now too because other other athletes like you know CrossFit and powerlifting will have it planned so it should yeah. be the way it shouldn't be It should you should never need to question it realistically yeah 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 whereas for weightlifters it's really important to just give yourself permission to go light yeah and then if the weights don't happen to leave that at the session leave it leave it at the leave session leave it there yeah. once you finish that session don't worry about it you move on you do your next few sessions once you come back in the cycle to that that session type yeah go at it again and go at it with a small bit more like contextual intelligence but come back to it without holding that fuck that grudge in your head yeah of like oh I stopped here last I'm not going to do yeah. that again like I'll give you a, uh, like a micro example of my training at the moment so um, so last two or three weeks I've been doing some no foot snatches and I've been doing at the moment just doing triples so for example in weightlifting if you're not a weightlifter you're listening Obviously, you need to keep your your um, your finger in the pie a lot. You know, you really need to keep it consistent to keep the movement up and feel fresh because they do leave yourself fairly. They do leave you the feeling of them leaves fairly fast. Yeah. You know? So a lot of times when weightlifters are training, you feel like you have to always be doing those lifts, and you feel like even two or three days could affect you detrimentally. Okay. So I was doing. I did a one twenty no foot snatch triple, which was great, really good, on like a Monday. And I was supposed to snatch again on like the Thursday or something. Or it was like a Tuesday and I was supposed to do it again on the Friday. And I was supposed to go for like 125. And we were doing stuff and all I could do was my back squats. All the way time for Yeah. And I normally would be like neurotic about doing that session. <laughs> but I knew that if I just do my back squats, I'll have yeah. patience. It's going to be there. So I was like, I'll be able to do it the next day. But it turns out the next day something else came up again. So I was able, only able to do a squat session again. Again. No, I literally, I had no issue with it. Yeah. I was like, no, it'll be totally fine. The next day, and say on the Sunday, so now it had been four days overdue from what I was supposed to do. Yeah. So normally, like I was saying, we're all guilty. I would have been just neurotic about not having hit that session. But instead of doing my heavy snatches, I I actually put up my Instagram. I just did 80 kilos, some light hang powers and stuff, you know, very, very light and did squats, you know. Because I got in, I couldn't train late till Sunday, so then again, Monday I just did some more squats because it wasn't the day for it. So it ended up being five days overdue from what I'd originally doing, and lo and behold, I hit one twenty five for a triple. It's there. No problem. Yeah. It was because I had the patience. Because on Sunday, let's say I could have done it on the Sunday. Yeah. I could have done the one twenty five for a triple. But because the way I was, I was away all day. I'd done a lot of like couple of hours driving. I hadn't eaten as much as I had. I hadn't uh, had a nap like I normally would. And um, I was cranky. I was tired. <laughs> no, but I was fine. Like I physically, I, I could have a lot of emails, applied <laughs> <laughs> to a lot of people. But um, I could have made it. Yeah. But the quality of the movement would have really fucked it up for the rest of the week, you know. Yeah. And it would have just fatigued me more than I would have been able to recover from that day because I was already on a low. Because like one thing we have to remember again is stress from training. Our stress in our bodies is all the same, regardless if it comes from training and regardless comes from yeah. life. So like we always say though, the stress from life doesn't make you better training, but the stress from training does make you better. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they all add up to the same total number. Yeah, yeah, you only have a certain pool. So like, like for that, me, right? So like in that session though, like if you just let it, I let it go, like I gave myself yeah. permission and then like on that Tuesday I made it again, no problem. And now the momentum continues. For me, there's three really big things from that example, right? Yeah. The first thing is when you're in the first session mm-hmm. you have that intelligence in your head and mm-hmm. the understanding that it's not there it's time to leave it long fought for that intelligence <laughs> and like yeah and like we've <laughs> talked about this so much 10 years later bro. we're younger 
trained like idiots yeah and you get hurt a lot and you're younger and you get over it and it yeah. doesn't make a difference but you're gonna keep running into that wall rinse and repeat rinse and repeat right Wax so you have the intelligence when you're in training to be able to be self-critical and a small bit reflective and be like look this isn't going great maybe this is time to call it and that might be like that might be a facebook message to one of your friends being like mm-hmm. see this video don't feel great should i go up or should i stay mm-hmm. and you usually get a response then the second thing is sticking to the process in between of like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't do the snatches, so I'm not going to do anything. Like we yeah. were here at the house mm-hmm. and you just went up and did back squats in the shed. Yeah. Joe, it's like sticking to the process, trust the process, trust the process. And then movements don't just disappear. You talked about it earlier, like you have to keep your finger in the pie, but you have the schema built up in your head. They don't go away once you're still physically fit moving around in good shape the movement's going to be there eventually yeah so i hadn't taken a day off or anything yeah. i still did some training but it was not the training yeah and like it's consistency over a long period of time is what matters not the intensity you bring to a distinct number of sessions because that like that was a micro a micro little segment of a massive a microcosm microcosm of a huge much bigger entire like fucking segment of training you know so yeah over the two weeks so let's say over those seven days, I still like gotten those two snatch ses- sessions in, those two things that I wanted to hit. Yeah. That's all that matters. Like, Definitely. Plus or minus five days makes fuck all difference in the long run. No. I think for for powerlifters, it's a little bit different. So you just, your patience has to be planned heavily in the future. It is a sport of patience. So like if you... That's literally all it is. It, it pees for patience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to that cone talk the IPF it's the International Patients Federation <laughs> <laughs> but like because especially in powerlifting you can have even more patience yeah because you can like so I know Stan everything he said those world records in his 40s but obviously uh, gear and not you know so let's say for natural powerlifters though let's you start when you're 18 yeah you could legitimately have 20 years of like yeah incredible training so you like the, Cohen is talking. The other thing as well is they're bringing in. So even if you start when you're twenty eight, mm-hmm. yeah, you've been an athlete in your like you bring all your previous experience at the powerlifting. Yeah, you know everything you've done will have accumulated in yeah. some sort of uh, motor pattern, mm-hmm. some sort of muscle mass, yeah. some sort of neurological load. Like you know, yeah. everything will add into it. Yeah, yeah. So it is something like very few people come in completely green to powerlifting. Realistically. Yeah. And if you do, it means you're, you're probably young anyway. Yeah. And so young for powerlifting could be 20, you know, 22, whatever. Yeah. Like if you come in at that age and you've still done no sports all your life, you can still make some great numbers, you know? Yeah, definitely. So like if Ed Cohen has talked about, he did like two competitions a year. So he did like, and after every competition, he did a really long hypertrophy phase. Yeah. And he always stressed the importance of doing that hypertrophy phase, hypertrophy phase and then doing his strength and power phase and then he's doing comp prep. But he always, he really stressed like how slowly you should go. And it's funny how like all the best people in the world talk about how slowly it is. Yeah. Like, um, Plan Everything talks about that as well, of doing like his hypertrophy phase. I'm sure he learned it from Ed Cohen. He's talked to him about yeah. Ed Cohen explaining this to him, you know, doing a hypertrophy phase, power phase. And even if you don't hit the numbers into your power phase, you still, if you're supposed to finish it on week 12, you, you stop at week 12 yeah. and you go back to do your hypertrophy phase for another 12 weeks. And even if you don't hit it again the second time, it yeah. doesn't fucking matter because it realistically, 220, 212 weeks, 24 weeks or is still nothing, you know? Yeah. You're still getting better, but you, you like, you got to be really strict yourself in your powerlifting, I think. Like, less is more powerlifting, like, doing yeah. less sets sometimes is way more important. I and think sp- powerlifting is a really good example of it. Yeah. Because that kind of block periodization doesn't work in weightlifting. Yeah. Doesn't work in most sports, but in powerlifting, that still kind of holds true, where you can do your hypertrophy block and your speed and power block and whatever. Yeah. Like, you used the block analogy earlier, right? Yeah. Another really good analogy of it, if someone's trying to lose weight, Mm -hmm. like, everybody's heard of, like, the yo-yo dieters. Yeah. They'll drop 40 kilos and be back up 35 kilos within a 12-week turnaround. The person who eats 500 less calories a day mm-hmm. for 18 months mm-hmm. will probably keep that weight off for life. 100 And like there's huge amounts of scientific data. This isn't anecdotal. Like mm-hmm. huge amounts of it's over the prolonged period where weight was lost. Yeah. And the actual velocity, like the speed at which weight was lost 
is so important yeah. to long-term effects. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to see some scientific study done on the speed at which strength is gained yeah. as a vector for how much strength is maintained into later life. But those studies, like... Don't exist yet. No. I don't think they will exist because you're talking about taking an athlete for either an eight-week block or a 24-week block mm-hmm. to have a significant difference in between the two lengths of the study yeah. and then following them through training then coming back to them in two years, then coming back to them in four years. I think you never know what um, powerlifting is getting, like, obviously, like, natural powerlifting is getting huge, IPF. Yeah. Know? And there's a lot of um, PhD heads in there and stuff, you know, so you never know when something like that might come out. Yeah. Um, it'd be very interesting to see. It'd be a really nice study to see. But I suppose then people, across all training modalities and all sports, is people see people... The, they see the one the point one percent. They see the strawberry jam. Like they yeah. see the people who are made up of ninety nine point nine percent strawberry jam. You know, and they see the tr- their training curve, and it's just literally a straight line between time and progress. Yeah, yeah. Or like, it looks like that over a macro cycle. Yeah. And you're like, you just assume to yourself then that I'm being a bitch. You're like, yeah. I'm not training hard enough. I'm not doing. I'm not just putting in enough effort. I'm not putting enough brute force. Like this is, I'm just being a bitch. Like yeah. What you have to realize is. If you're ninety nine percent strawberry jam, you'll fucking know it. Like <laughs> people will no, have been telling people have been telling you your whole life. I was just about to say you know because people keep saying it to you. He says you're making great progress. Yeah, I like we talked about context earlier as well. Like people will see, um, so they'll go on, on Instagram and they'll see like Steffi Cohen training, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they'll be like, I need to be doing um, deadlift pulls to pins yeah, yeah, and yeah. a hold like that right yeah and they're like that's why Steffi is going from two, oh, yeah, 240 yeah, yeah. 250 you know yeah. and like whatever it is mm-hmm. re- like and then they don't account for the thousands of hours mm-hmm. and hundreds of upon hundreds of training sessions yep. that have brought her to that point and they look at a, a certain point on a time frame and be like this is what I'm going to do she trains seven times a week so I'm going to train seven times a week mm-hmm. I'm going to try and emulate the same kind of motor patterns and modalities of like adding load that she does yeah you need to find out what she did yeah seven years ago literally yeah yeah and that is like that's mistake numero uno mm-hmm. when people start looking into yeah. how they want to train themselves they'll see uh, oh, they'll see Matt Fraser doing some ski erg workout mm-hmm. with a load of other stuff thrown in yeah, yeah and they probably won't account for the weights because they'll be like Jesus he's power snatching 90 I can probably get away with 70 mm-hmm. and you're like he's power snatching 90 when his one rep max is 142 yeah and your one rep max is 82 yeah exactly so like yeah. you're so so like people the context is so important yeah, like you need six, to look at where people are yeah. what they've gotten to get to that point so you need to look at like success leaves clues you know so you need to look at year like day dot for Matt Fraser yeah where you are you know you need to look at the same point so you're looking at Matt seven years ahead of you but you need to look at Matt at year one like your year one like Dara was saying yeah. you know you need to fucking you need to really acknowledge what they're doing I like the thing with you know you're saying you said something there reminded me of the Bulgarian weightlifting team what I can't remember what you said but it was like oh sorry so you're looking at people so that we've all known about uh, Ivan Abajev and those them training like lunatics the butcher but what you need to realise is they were the strawberry jam the strawberry jam yeah so and like they're he, they literally had access to everybody in the country they used to take athletes out of jail who were in there for like armed robbery assault yeah. murder and bring them to training camp and they were allowed to do that because that's how far their, their talent selection went but it had also been and I even had said this that he took them from regional coaches before who had done loads of other different kinds of training, yeah. lots of volume and stuff, and then taking them. So looking at them at their point is so irrelevant. Yeah. Because they done, you need to look at those athletes when they were 12, not when they're yeah. 24. And I suppose that brings us on to another thing as well, is the uh, kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to things like, is when people are supernaturally enhanced. Yeah. You're training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously their their progress curve will be a lot straighter than yours. Yeah. And they'll do things like, oh, coming back for an off season or yeah. coming back from injury. Yeah. And they're like, geez, they're hitting PBs so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And like, 
they're playing with a different deck of cards. 100%. Their deck of cards is four times as big as yours. Yeah. And so, you really need to be... Right. If I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. and I'm sitting... There's one friend in particular I have who's small but in denial. He'll be listening to this podcast. He'll be in denial mm-hmm. like an Egyptian fish <laughs> um, about the presence of peds in sport and in particular in strength sports. Yeah. You can literally look on Instagram. Do you know who it is? And be like, yeah, 100% you know who it is. Okay. Uh, be on Instagram and he'll be like, him. Like, yes, it's very likely he is. Yeah. Him, very likely he is. Mm-hmm. Her, very likely he is. Yeah. And we look at, look, it's it's so blatant in CrossFit. Yeah. And I'm not going to stand here and rag on about peds in sport. Yeah. And in particular peds in a sport that I'm not involved in. But you really need to look at people love doing. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do this workout. They put it up. That, like Joe, yeah. built by Bergen or put it up or whoever it is, put it up. Yeah. Have a bit of common sense. Little like, or as they say in South Cork, a bit yeah. of Connie Daly. <laughs> I'm just looking at Instagram, right? Because remember, there was a period of time there where he did like two forty for a set of ten, and then he did like two fifty and two sixty. You know. Yeah. So I suppose. Just be aware that you may not be strawberry jam and you may not be taking extra strawberry jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strawberry jam and answers. <laughs> Increasing the amount of sugar in your strawberry jam, you know. So you need to be like, you need to be very careful with who you're looking at. And just because, and also, that doesn't mean, let's say like you're talking about the thing, Sevi Cohen is doing deadlift of pins. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't use deadlift of pins No, too. definitely not. And like, looking at expert models it's how we get better because mm-hmm. we need to look at the people who are really good and we need to look at what they did to get there yeah and like definitely take examples from people who are good mm-hmm. take examples from the highly talented people look at what they're doing look at what they did to get to the stage they're at now yeah but it's just have a small bit of context that uh like for if, example if he did something on a friday and yeah. then he did something on a saturday and then he did something on a sunday yeah you're not going to be able to do those things no like for example you know the Miso's complex you know that's yeah. thing yeah yeah so Miso said he does that three or four times a week yeah and so it's a really good complex it's really useful useful for everyone but that doesn't mean I'm going to start doing it three or four times a week no one because I don't have the training time to justify it yeah I don't need to do it three to four times a week no and just because like the response might be the exact same if I do it once a week compared yeah. to three times a week. He might need to do it three times a week. Yeah, Mentally, yeah, Mentally, yeah. he might just be really happy doing it three times a week and that's what he needs. So, I do that complex maybe once a week at the moment before I warm up for some of my clean jerks. Yeah. So, just really, really try to refine it down into into what you need, you know, into how it could apply for you. And another really nice kind of cornerstone of this kind of approach of going slowly is like what you call like a strength based approach mm-hmm. so take things you're good at and allow those to track your progress yeah yeah so like obviously it's really important to be working on your your weaknesses and, and working on your single leg stuff or your stability stuff or whatever you're not good at or maybe it's gaining a bit of muscle but a strength based approach is no bad thing mm-hmm. so Garf, if you're good at squats and you know you can keep progressing your squat Mm-hmm. without having a negative effect on anything else yeah you should keep progressing your squat yeah and like it mightn't be you might be a very very efficient lifter and your squat's very close to your to your lifts yeah but why wouldn't you get your squat off yeah you know we sometimes we think it's like a really good position to be like always do what you're bad at and never keep progressing the things you're good at there's no reason to not to keep pushing those columns higher and higher those um it kind of swings in roundabouts that work on your strengths and maintain your weak your strength or sorry work on your weaknesses and maintain your strengths yeah and then it kind of comes back around to you know increase your strengths and then like worry about your weaknesses later yeah it's yeah. kind of it kind of goes through cycles like everything I suppose in the yeah. in the industry like that and um, I'm kind of in two minds you should definitely address your weaknesses yeah but then you just have to be kind of a bit objective like if you're you're not going to be able to dunk a basketball let's say if you're playing basketball if you're 5 foot 2 or something you know no. there's just some weaknesses that are a waste of time addressing you also have to look at it will, that, will increasing that weakness make you better at your sport 
Like Poss- let's possibly not. So let's say you're a weightlifter or whatever, and you're shit at jumping. Let's say take that one again. <laughs> let's say you just you're just really bad at box jumps. Yeah. And now we always see weightlifters are really good at box jumps. But were they good at box jumps because they did weightlifting, or are they good at box jumps? And it means they're also good at weightlifting. Yeah. You know, it's kind of. And will you think then you increase your box jump? May do fuck all for your yeah. weightlifting, you know? So you got to be kind of. And on that particular point. Yeah. I think it's very much people tend to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Because um, people who are good at weightlifting. For the record, I think it's box jumps come first. The, just yeah, the yeah to that's do what it. I mean. People yeah. who are good at weightlifting are good at jumping out the boxes. Yeah. And it will tend to be that if you took that person when they were 12, yeah. they'd be good at jumping on a box. When they're 16, they're good at jumping on a box. And then it's just things that weightlifters like to do. It's a nice primary exercise. Yeah. But you see these guys doing 50, 60 box jumps. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, it's yeah. crazy. It's such a good training tool. It's not really, for you. It's not. It yeah. might be a priming tool, but it's not a training tool. Um, We're going to give an example now a real life example and we always use our athlete Timmy okay but this time it's going to be Timelina right okay <laughs> so Timelina yeah is a 26 year old crossfitter right she trains five or six times a week okay goes pretty hard she might do like a competition or two a year yeah yeah so she's not like super super serious but she's still like training away tipping away yeah she's pretty serious she's pretty serious yeah <laughs> she wears a lot of fitness gear yeah Um. so she knows now that for the next, she set herself a goal mm-hmm. that by New Year's, she's going to have her strength weaknesses addre- addressed. Right. So at the moment, she's doing kind of strength and she's doing conditioning work and some skill work. Mm-hmm. But she's just taking the time now that before January, she's going to get her strength stuff sorted because she's not strong enough to do thrusters in certain wa- workouts and her power clean isn't strong enough to do like RX weights so she's in July now is she she's in July yeah right so yes I'm gonna make a point right then you make a point so point number one right for me yeah when I'm addressing Timelina right is that she's gonna really focus on her strength yeah but she's not going to let everything else fall away to the wayside okay so when we're addressing her training protocols, yeah, she's going to pick her four days a week or five days a week, whatever, realistically for strength, four days a week is probably around optimal. Yeah. Um, and then the first thing she's going to do is going to be three of those days, she's going to put 20 minutes aside yeah. to work on some skills mm-hmm. and some conditioning. Okay. And just keep throwing a small bit of timber on that fire. Right. Keep that going. Right. What's the next point? Don't let her strength... Fall away. That's what we said. Because you're saying. So. Where are you going with I this? I think the next point is. Yeah. She's going to set out some goals that she wants to hit. Okay. So if she's saying, I just want to get strong. Yeah. What is strong? So I think realistically for a female crossfitter, something like 70 or 80 kilo power clean is going to be pretty strong. Pretty fucking strong. Yeah. Maybe like 120, 130 or something on a back squat's going to be pretty strong. Yeah. Um, pick a deadlift number so we're going to have final numbers in our head then incrementally we're going to set goals going back from that so these are all like outcome goals and then we'll pick some things like process goals and be a better athlete goal like she needs to make sure she hits enough calories every day Mm -hmm. she needs to make sure she gets enough sleep every day yeah and then absolutely under no circumstances is she to do additional conditioning or additional skill work just on a, a little tangent but related to this is you know when you talk about those those that additional sleep and an additional nutrition when you do progress very slowly and you're really consistent with those things they have a they really build up as well like yeah. they kind of an exponential effect so six months of great sleep and great nutrition will add up if you're really slowly with your training like all those things will will really build up together into one big fucking you know they and g- it'll become a huge habit yeah It'll become like a lifetime, long-term thing that yep. you're better with your nutrition, you're better with your sleep. Yeah, anyway. Um, so then the next thing is after we set out our goals and after we've decided that we're going to keep addressing our strengths even when we're going after this weakness now for the next six months, yep. then she's going to just get a solid program and follow it. Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. <laughs> if there's any Timolinas out there, and you need some advice on how to go and address some weaknesses for a period of time. 
just message us because I think a lot of people instead of saying oh by January what they're going to do is they're going to say okay by January so that means geez I'll need maybe four six or eight weeks to do that so in November I'm going to stop doing wads and oh maybe there's a competition at the start of December so maybe I'll do three weeks in November then back to CrossFit for a week mm -hmm. then I'll do my competition and then I'll do like two or three more weeks and so that's loads <laughs> and then she lived on a strength block yeah made no realistic long term change to yeah. her athletic profile and then go back to the usual stuff and she'll be in the exact same position by July of next year I think the biggest thing and um much to our, I suppose, much to our benefit, he's almost everyone we talk to, their single biggest problem is they have no direction. So they know where they want to go, but they just don't know the direction there and how to get there. Yeah. So, so like everyone we seem to talk to has no plan. They have a general sense of, so let's say, for example, not, not thinking of anyone in particular now, but they're thinking... <laughs> No, I'm genuinely not, but, let's, okay. but this is a very common goal. Someone's a bigger back squat. And they know they're supposed to do lots of back squats. Yeah. But after that, it's like, whew. whew Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yeah. Fanny's your aunt. <laughs> like, you just got to do a lot of back squats, I suppose. Yeah. And then hopefully I'll get there. Yeah. You know, a lot of the people we talk to don't. Just it's like zero. It zero tends plan. to be, have the intention. Yeah. Bang, the magic happens. Yeah. Attention achieved. Their intention achieved. Like Joe. Yeah. Like you, like setting out that process, any kind of process will do if yeah. you have no process, you know? Yeah, yeah. Something is better than anything. And I suppose the biggest thing as well. Or we, anything is better than nothing, sorry. We haven't really addressed as well, I'm going slowly, is you just cannot discount how much less injuries you'll get if you go really slowly. How haven't we talked about this yet? So I heard, you know, um, a lot of people might not know who this is, but Dave Tate from Elite FTS. Yeah. So back in the day when the internet was kind of... <laughs> when the internet used to look like a Word document that <laughs> someone had put a really weird background behind and there was weird things used to float across the top of the webpage. So about 10 years ago when I was reading Elite FTS, um, Dave Tate, there was a, a video on the YouTubes and uh, Dave said, the only time you should get injured in training is through an accident. Yeah. So you said you should jam your finger between the plate by accident or drop the plate in your toe or you walk out funny. Like you should never get injured from overtraining. You should never get injured from an imbalance, stuff like that. Yeah. And this man is fucked up. So he used to train at Westside. Like, so if he tells you you shouldn't get injured, yeah. he's probably talking from a shitload of experience. So like, if like, and I really, really appreciate what he's saying. Like, you, you're training load the only time you should get injured is if you go for a max fucking and it's a determined masculine jerk and something just funny happens yeah that's that's like really you shouldn't be like training and after six months you're like my back's a bit sore and then another four or five months go by and your back's still getting sore yeah like that isn't you shouldn't get trained like you shouldn't be getting tendonitis that's almost always from a heavy load too much too soon like or too much load too much volume way too soon like too yeah. too often you know like it, that, that's really important and nothing will put a stop on your training physically and psychologically as damaging as having a fucking injury no like that that 100% really not and I think as a kind of and sorry but nothing will make people want to jump back into training and train even faster than before is coming back from an injury <laughs> so it makes it it's such a vicious cycle you know it's horrendous yeah so the the most at risk group of so there's two uh group of athletes who are at risk classified by WADA as at risk of doping or highest at risk of doping one of those obviously is um, athletes transitioning so transitioning from youth into senior or from senior to professional I think I mentioned that in the podcast before actually the testers are saying that about the Romans the rugby teams the Irish team yeah and then the second highest group ever is injuries is athletes returning from injury and you can you can see how you can see 100% how it happens like let's say you're a professional athlete your family relies on you to earn that money. Yeah. You fucking tear your hamstring. Let's say you're a hurdler for some country. Yeah. You miss European indoor championships. You suddenly your funding's cut from 40 grand a year to 15 grand a year. Yeah. You've two kids in primary school and you're like, fuck, yeah. what am I going to do? And so previously you might have been totally against doping. But at the end of the day, some competitors that you barely know are a lot fucking less important than your kids who need the monies. 
Yeah. They need to eat food. They need to go to school, you know. So I could really see I could really, really see how that could happen. Yeah, and like in terms of people just pushing themselves too hard in training when they come back. Yeah. You see it all the time. You see it in every gym in the country, every gym in the world. Yeah. Where you have somebody who comes back and they haven't trained maybe for two months, mm-hmm. might have been a tendonitis issue or something, and they come into the gym on the first day and they're doing their five sets of ten and a hundred. And you're like, Bob, maybe five sets ten and a hundred, isn't it? Because yeah. Before he got injured, five sets of ten at one ten was pretty heavy. That's not it. He was like, yeah, and it's like, no, no, I know it's 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 yeah. there, it's there, and yeah, we have this like cognitive dissonance where yeah, I gotta get back, I gotta yeah, get back to it. Yeah, and like, I know this is wrong, but it's there. Yeah, you know, I know, I know. Dara two years ago was able to do this, mm-hmm. so Dara two years ago, so Dara now, yeah, still has all that. If you if you're coming back from an injury, right, and if you even have an inkling, just a little just a little tingle in your brain saying maybe you're going way too fast yeah listen to that immediately and reduce the volume and intensity straight away and you the thing is retraining is so different your progress curve is so much steeper than training first yeah, yeah. day so like getting from 100 to 2 or sorry uh, 180 to 200 yeah. first day might have taken you 9 months mm-hmm. or 2 years of squatting to try and get there yeah Retraining, so going, you might have had a slight injury or something like that, yeah. And now you're retraining and you're going from 80 to 200. That's probably going to take two months, maybe two months. And like when we're talking yeah. about going slowly, yeah, it could also take two years if you're an idiot. <laughs> but the thing there as well is when you're coming back, if you don't go slowly enough, so let's say you might get back to your PB really fast, which is fan fucking tastic, okay, yeah, but. You may have totally fucked up your long-term progress after that then for months because yeah. you rushed the process. Whereas if you had just gone really patient, you could be sailing by and waving at 200 as you pass it out to 220 over the course of eight months instead of getting back to 200 in three months, you know? So if you would have just, if you really gave it that chance, you'll progress far beyond where you were before, you know? Yeah. But that said, that's so fucking hard to do. It's so, 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 so difficult. Actually, speaking of injury, Sorab Moretti apparently. So, do you know he was attempting 200 kilo snatch there recently? I do. This look, he's all, he dislocated his shoulder, maybe out for worlds. What? Yeah, but. Ooh. But, right. Ooh. So, the Iranians, okay. <laughs> Lovely people, nicest people. As a culture, it's fabulous they people. are phenomenal human beings. Apparently, Moretti is supposed to be an absolute gentleman as well, right? Yeah, from what we've heard. But, they may or may not <laughs> have a relationship with doping. Yeah. We are not anyone to cast aspersions. No. But previously this year, Moretti had a back injury. And then two weeks later, it was power snatching like 175. And now he's, now he's back to attempting 200 kilo. And like this yeah. this back injury was for him to be potentially out of the Olympics. Yeah. So he went to, he went to Germany. I'm using air quotes there, right? <laughs> Moretti's never going to listen to this anyway, so it's irrelevant. And um, he was doing big weights. So maybe, is it possible? My initial thought was. Oh, he's injured. Winkity, winkity. He's kicking that can further down the road. Yeah. So I'm going to say, hopefully historically <laughs> I'll be correct and this will be online. So I can, if if I'm right, I can bring it up. But if not, we'll say nothing. We'll have a lot more podcasts done by then. But I have a feeling he'll be in pretty okay shape for Thailand this year at Worlds in October, yeah. I think, September. I think so. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. I don't think they would have let him attempt a 200 kilo snatch if his back was that bad and let him I've never heard of a weightlifter dislocating their shoulder snatching no not such a talented weightlifter as him and his grip is very narrow as well like so I, I can't imagine yeah he, he's he's not his technique isn't someone you put at risk of shoulder injury for snatches so it'll be interesting to see who's there in Thailand for Moran yeah Moretti I feel, I feel like he'll be there it's a little bit of weightlifting gossip like <laughs> there's just no way they would risk Tokyo on a 200 kilo snatch that he doesn't need to do in competition you yeah know? See somebody illegally took Clarence's video off Patreon. Oh, and put it onto Reddit. Well, I think that that's just the implicit. It is like that when you're paying for Patreon, other people are paying for Patreon, and so it's like I suppose basically it's like downloading a legal movie, movie illegally and sharing yeah. it. Like it's just it's it's a shitty thing it's to do. So with. sleazy, like yeah, I think he was kind of annoyed about that. And what like what gain does someone do, get from doing that? Do you know it's possible that that person might have just been like, oh, other people want to see this, you know. Uh, just sometimes people might post it as well to get the uh, the kudos for being the person. Well, what's like what kudos do you get? You're on Reddit weightlifting. You're in a little cave. 
But um, like it's not like he gets points. You so do go and use those points anyway. You can actually do. I think you can like karma things. What? Yeah. So yesterday was the first time. So I posted on uh, Reddit Wave thing. Did you? Yeah, did you? What you post? The uh, miso and Abraham. Ooh. Yeah, they said they liked the podcast. Spelled father wrong in the podcast. Spelled farther. Oh god. Unlike that, like a pack of dogs. It was funny enough though. Oh god. Uh, you can't change the title after. Uh, wait, is that on SoundCloud? It's wrong. Or no, you no, just no, put no, it in the, the title post. Reddit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they. So maybe. maybe it's it's, it's just disappointing. Uh, it might be a thing of you know like I'm finding. Just, I'm just going to take this opportunity now to physically threaten anybody. If we ever have a Patreon and they reshare things, I don't think we. I don't know. We're, Myself oh. and Gerfer at the front shooting a Glock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to you about the. I was thinking about this actually. I was talking to Clarence about it doing about starting a Patreon for the podcast. So we've been two minds about getting sponsors for the podcast. So at the end of the day, right? Um, we are business, you know. So the podcast yeah. is something that we we do because we fucking love doing it much to our surprise we really enjoy doing it and everyone else's surprise so there's nothing more narcissistic than talking for two hours and having people <laughs> enjoy listening to you talk you know <laughs> so um, the thing with the so the thing is if we it, could, it takes ages to edit <laughs> but even the, the block of time to record it too takes yeah. a while and some of the research around things you know, as if we do other things like that so we'd love to be able to do more of it but you know, to be able to adjust the time financially as well you know away yeah. from the business yeah and that is like so I don't know see the thing as well if we did a Patreon for the podcast right I would my thoughts would be to not give anything extra yeah so you don't if you like the podcast you don't feel obliged to be a Patreon to get other things from the podcast I don't like having things behind the paywall no I, like I know what Sam Sam Harris does yeah is he does it so he doesn't have to have any sponsors. Yeah. So you can talk to who he wants, when he wants, about what he wants, and say what he wants. Also, mm-hmm. if you're a student and you email Sam Harris podcast, yeah, they'll send it to you for free. Oh, do they? Yeah. It's, or it's not even if you're a student. If you just email them, yeah. like I can't afford this, they send it out for free. It's all on YouTube, anyway, isn't it? Um, I haven't listened to in a few months. So not I don't know. the stuff behind the paywall. So I, I just wouldn't want to go down that route because I suppose that's not our main business, you know. No. <clears throat> Our main business is just making people stronger. Going well. Someone did a fifty pound PR on the um power of thing. Yeah. People so keep making PRs. It's great. <laughs> Garf's face has just turned purple. Um, so but I, I I wouldn't feel too adverse to sponsors for the podcast either. No. Uh, as long as they're things we use or do. But the thing is we don't really use anything. You'll come on next week and there'll be a sponsor for a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Camille LeBlanc is possibly they're all the amount of crossfitters that are sponsored I think Braun Show is a like power lifter mm-hmm. but I think she has a mattress sponsorship too Lauren Fisher is sponsored by Colgate yeah surely that's a little bit like she's also sponsored by Nike which is probably the most baller sports sponsorship you can get but that makes sense yeah and it's hard you can't really judge people for getting a sponsorship especially from Colgate because no. she's probably getting all her money from that and she's a professional athlete I suppose what we'll say is if anyone's listening to the podcast right and you do want a company and you're looking to sponsor us um, send us a message and we can talk about it I suppose yeah. the best way to put it yeah 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 but the thing is if someone from you know we don't use anything no Dar barely eats food <laughs> the only supplements I use are magnesium for sleep and that's literally it. Dextrose. You take those noon tablets, don't you? The carbohydrate tablets. When I think about ordering them. <laughs> or I use dextrose when I think about ordering it, you know. Yeah. So I like, think what we're trying to say is like, we're just not going to sacrifice the inten- integrity of the podcast for yeah. like veg plus tablets yeah. or like whatever vitamin supplements. Like It's not highly important. No. But I suppose if you're listening this far... Oh, another great news. What's that? The t-shirt order. It's finished. Woo! Yep, finished for now. Yeah. So from now on, we will. it'll be a stock order. So it'll just be stocks of stuff yeah, to order. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a while before we get those. But like I was saying the last time, probably um, it's July now. So by the time we get like, we're going to get like sweatshirts. Um, go look at the training pants and stuff like yeah. that. 
we also are making moves in silent about Seeker Strand HQ. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to start the YouTube soon. Looking for some um, filmers. Yeah, <laughs> any filmographers. We basically want young up-and-coming videographers because mm-hmm. we want things that are going to be different from what's out there now yeah with a small bit of creativity look we're going to give you the reins on something so, lots of reins yeah we want to and like if you're somebody who can work well on their own yeah and is willing to say lads this is a great idea because to be honest then myself and Gurf's level of artistic input is not great well <laughs> it is and it isn't don't have the time to yeah, no. to justify, to, like, yeah, we're trying to become better delegators. Yeah, and just being, we coach, yeah. we provide information on a podcast, and then we try and pick good people to do all the things we're bad at. So, I you, um, you probably, I know you don't watch a lot of YouTube fitness YouTubers and stuff, but you know, you know, Judy Mufu, absolutely <clears> none. Throat> I throat> do, yeah. So, Clarence actually showed me this a while ago. But he's fella who does all that from is called Tom. Yeah. And Tom is in the videos a lot of times, right? Yeah. But the channel is just called Jujimufu. And people, so like, what was happening basically is they'd be in public and people go up to like Juji and be like, oh, your YouTube videos are sick. They're so amazing. They're so well edited. Like, they're class. Well done. You know, they're so good. Yeah. And Tom would be there like, hello. Do you know? So I got, I got to the point recently and Judy was like, I literally do none of this. Tom comes up with all the ideas. Yeah. Tom makes all the videos. Tom videos everything. Tom edits everything. Tom puts everything up. Judy was like, I don't do anything. <laughs> I just, he's literally like... He's just the subject matter. Just literally the subject matter. So he said, um, they've changed it to Judy and Tom now to YouTube. Because their YouTube nice. videos get like... Yeah, it's a big channel. Over like everything, like, it's like over half a million views and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And he said he puts in a shitload of work, like so. They changed it to Tom and Juji, which I thought was quite interesting and good at Juji to do that. Yeah. Um. So we're we're looking for our Tom, I suppose. We are, yeah, yeah. I we had, I was talking to Phil actually, who but he's in a different country. So see, ideally, we, we would want someone who could come in videos at a moment's notice. Also, yeah, people who like going and spending prolonged periods of time in a gym. And then going and eating food, and then going back to a gym for a prolonged period of time. That's yeah, very possible. That is. That is uh, <laughs> that's what a lot of weekends consist of. So I'm, I'm kind of in two minds about um, someone who. See, the problem is someone who might lift might be not as good as someone who doesn't lift, but yeah. might just really understand how things work. Yeah. But it probably helps if you do lift. Look, we're open to anything. Literally open to anything. Yeah. Um, I think that's as much as we have to say on the subject. Oh. Um, if you can, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a rating. We're not going to be like, go, go give us a five-star rating. Just give us a rating of whatever you think. Because at the moment, on iTunes, mm-hmm. they don't publicly post their ratings because we don't have enough ratings up. I saw them on the public. We have like five-star yeah, ratings. it's not on like the listed ratings. Can You can't rate anything on SoundCloud, can you? You can just like it. Yeah, but it, like, like it if you like the podcast. What about Spotify? Is there any... Yeah, I think you can favourite things on Spotify. Yeah. Um, and as always, if you have any feedback at all, shoot it over our way. We actually do get some very good feedback. Yeah, positive feedback. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. 